networking is cumulative. So the more events you go to, the the more likely that you're going to be able to to land a a contract or, or a campaign. This is Debbie, and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. All right, so we've been talking about landing a remote job for a while now, but the one thing you're probably most curious about is how to learn the online skills you need to land these jobs. I'm not just talking about getting a brief introduction, but learning from actual accredited schools so you can be taken seriously when you apply for these jobs. You've been waiting for a while and I'm really sorry about that, but I have finally created a whole page listing the best courses to take from teaching English online to becoming a freelance writer and so much more, all from trusted sources that will get you that remote job. So if you're ready and serious to take the next step, then visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. Again, you can visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. In this episode, I'm really excited to speak with Eric, who is a travel writer and photographer based in California. He's lived in Italy, Norway, Germany, and the United States, and has traveled to 98 countries and all of the seven continents. Eric is passionate about the benefits of family travel and lets each of his three kids choose any destination in the world every year for a one-on-one trip with him. They also travel as a family during school breaks and his kids have been to over 60 countries. So listen on to find out how Eric has been able to share the benefits of family travel and stay connected as a family. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to have my guest on with me today. I'm here with Eric. Hey Eric, how are you? Good, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for taking your time to spend here with me. I am so excited to speak with you today. Before we get to your amazing journey, can you tell us more about you and why you live an offbeat life? I live an offbeat life because I am doing what I want to do. That that after 18 years in healthcare that I was never really passionate about, I jumped out and, and I did not know exactly what I wanted to do at the start, but it quickly kind of turned into a, a travel writing and travel documenting career, really talking about family travel and encouraging others to travel. And it's really fun how it has progressed uh, from the time that I quit my job in healthcare. And and it, it's absolutely a, a dream life and, and one that I could not have scripted if I had tried. So that is really interesting because I'm sure you went to a lot of schooling to go into the health field and you probably had a lot of expectations like we all do. You know, I left my nine to five to do this full time and it's a really nerve wracking thing, especially if you don't know what you're going to do. What was that sliding doors moment 
for you. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie or Gwyneth Paltrow, she chooses in that moment to do one thing or the next. And if she chooses one over the other, her whole life completely changes, right? So what was that like for you? Like what made you choose this path instead of staying the course that, you know, it essentially changed your life? This is not what it should have been, right? Correct. And honestly, there was a sliding doors moment. It it was literally that I chose to get out of bed one morning. I was in Havana, Cuba for a photo workshop. And I think it was the first morning that I was there and I was jet lagged and tired. And there was a um, a pre sunrise walk on the agenda where you had to like literally meet in the hotel bar at like 545 a.m. And my alarm went off. And I came so close to to just turning it off and getting back into bed because there were going to be sunrise or pre-sunrise walks every day that week around Havana. And I was like, okay, I can skip one. And and I was lying there before I fell back asleep. And I was like, this is silly. I'm only going to be in Cuba maybe once ever. Like, like why am I not out of bed and and doing this? And so I, I literally got out of bed and got dressed and grabbed my camera and went downstairs and met with everyone. And a few people showed up, like not many. I think a lot of, um, it, it was only a group of about 12 people to start with, but I bet we only had three or four that morning. And so we left the hotel and, and walked out of the hotel. I think it was the Park Central Hotel in Havana. And literally, as soon as we walked out, a um, one of the old American style 50s cars pulled up <laughs> and there was a red light inside and this, uh, a door opened. And I was like, oh, that's really kind of photogenic. And it's this great light before sunrise. And there's the, the this this architecture in the background. And so literally, I just, I grabbed my camera and, and took a few pictures and it was, I didn't look at settings. It was whatever settings I had on the camera the day before, or even before the trip or whatever, and grabbed pictures of the car door opening and this guy getting out of the car and then um, them closing the car door and then driving off to, I guess, drop off another passenger. And so I grabbed that picture and it was one that I had kind of, I liked, like it was kind of cool. And then somebody was going to be getting out of the car and it was a little mysterious or whatever. And when I got home from that trip, I opened up Cotting Ass Traveler and saw that they were having their photo of the year contest. And so I was like, okay, I've never entered before, but I love the magazine. I love the writers. I've subscribed for like 20 years. I should like enter a photo. So I went through my Cuba photos and I was like, I'm going to use that one, that, that one of the guy getting out of the car because it was good. And so I entered it and out of 21,000 entrants, I won. Oh my and gosh. So I won the the contest because literally I got out of bed that morning and that um, it was a $25,000 prize trip uh, to Italy is what we won. And we took that the next year. Um, but beyond that, because I loved the magazine and, and I like wanted to meet the writers, I used that as an excuse to go to New York and to go by the, the Connie Ness Traveler offices when they were used to be at Times Square. And I took my son, who I think was three at the time, maybe he was five, and um, and yeah, toured the offices and met the writers and went out to lunch with one of them for like hours in the Connie Nast cafeteria. And it was the coolest thing. And so like for a while, my wife had been telling me to quit my healthcare job that I just, I wasn't passionate about it. It was a great company and a great job, but but it wasn't where my passion was. And, and standing there in the Connie Nast offices, because I won the contest, because I got out of bed that morning, I realized I want to do something the rest of my life that, that, that brings this together, the, the travel and photography and writing and family and all of this. And like, maybe there's some path. So that was, that, that was, that seed was planted right then. And it was about a year later 
that um, something happened at work and I was just really annoyed with, with a personnel thing or whatever. And I was like, okay, I quit. Just like, and to them, it was out of the blue, but to me, it had been coming for years and I still hadn't figured out what that was going to be that combined all of the, those passions of mine. But, um, but yeah, over the course of that year, I kind of started a blog and started writing about our family travels, um, putting up pictures on the internet or even on social media. I started Instagram that year that, um, that otherwise I had only posted to Facebook for friends and family and stuff in the past. And it took off. Like all of a sudden, like I started gaining followings and people started asking me for questions or asking me questions about where to go and, and for suggestions and, and relying on me as this expert and the expertise just kind of had come at over 10 or 20 years of traveling and, and traveling with my kids all over the world. And so, yeah, uh, you know, four or five, six years later, it, it's this really cool place where I found my voice and, and I love the, the engagement that I get when I post to Instagram, no matter what it is, whether it's family travel or this week that, that we're recording this, I, I'm posting about African cultural travel in Ethiopia. And it's totally different than family travel because I didn't take my kids there, but I love, I love the feedback and, and, and maybe putting that on people's, you know, destination lists and, and showing them a different side to Ethiopia than they have in their heads because of famine news stories back in the eighties or whatever. And so, so yeah, I, I love having this kind of soapbox now where I can just encourage travel and, and point people to the coolest places in the world and, and, make a career out of it. And it took me about five years to be making more money doing this than I was in healthcare. And so uh, luckily I had some savings, but otherwise it's, it's been a really fun ride. <laughs> well, it's definitely been an interesting one because it turned from something that was at an absolutely, you know, an absolute passion for you. I mean, you were in Cuba when you took that picture that literally was your sliding doors moment that gave you that seed of, I would say it gave you that seed of hope and maybe encouragement even, right? To, to quit oh, the next year. Because I think too, it's, it's one thing to have that hope and that goal and that dream. But when you were given that little bit of hope and the thing that you're given is way more than a little bit, that's huge. A $25,000 trip to Italy. I mean, that's, that was probably an incredible trip. And to know that you do have that ability, that there is something there out of 21,000 people to be chosen. So there is something special about you and what you do. And it kind of just gives you that push that, that you need, you know, and I, love that. I love your sliding doors moment, Eric. I think that's really incredible. And, you know, sometimes we do need to give ourselves that little push, just waking up <laughs> a little earlier and doing something that you may not enjoy, but look where it got you. So they always say early bird gets to worm and that's... <laughs> totally. That's yeah, definitely yeah. I mean, and, and I've even written blog posts on get out of bed early. Like, I mean, I've always loved that. I've loved walking around cities anywhere in the world before sunrise and before they're crowded and before there are any day trippers there. And especially like I love Italy and, and I've been to Florence dozens of times. And my favorite time is in the morning, you know, as the sun's coming up when, when Italians, they like late night. So nobody's up early in the morning and no tourists are out yet. And so you get like all of these amazing sites to yourself. I mean, literally to yourself sometimes. And in this history and this, this art and architecture that you can just kind of experience and the cobblestones and everything else are totally different when you're not dodging tour groups. And so, <laughs> um, you know, that's the extreme in Italy, but it, but it's true anywhere in the world. Like it's really cool walking around and, and there's usually coffee places open. So grab a coffee somewhere and just 
enjoy it and watch the sun come up and that's the best light for photography anyways. So, um, yeah, to me, that's always my favorite time. So it definitely helped to get me out of bed that morning. (laughs) And, uh, you know, again, it completely changed everything for you, but, you know, you mentioned you pretty much thought about this for, for a while, right? You thought about leaving, but there was a lot of doubt. Obviously you have a family to support and everything else that goes inside of your head. And, you know, you're a, a mature adult, so you had savings, but what was that transition like for you? What was that moment like when you did decide and you had to tell your wife, right, that I did it, that's it? Was there a moment of panic? What was that whole situation like? Oh, no, I think she was super happy. And and I knew that she was going to be because she had been totally encouraging the, the <laughs> transfer. So I don't know that it came as a surprise. And she was wonderfully supportive, like for that year and the next year or whatever, until like literally brands started contacting me and going, we'll pay you $5,000 to travel here with one of your kids and document it for us. I'm like, wow, seriously? Okay, cool. Yeah. Sign me up. Like how fast can I get there? <laughs> and, and so, um, yeah, that, that just kind of progressed from the first offer, but no, like it was, it was a super easy conversation at home because yeah, my wife wanted me to be happy and she knew that I was never super happy in healthcare. That is really incredible. I mean, I've heard stories from other people with partners where it was a lot more difficult and they didn't have that support. So your your wife, man, she's she's awesome. And obviously you're amazing, too, because I often this is how I feel like if you don't encourage that with your partner, with your husband and wife or whoever you're with, I think there's going to always be that what if moment what if I had done this and you can see it in the person you know there's that sense of unfulfillment and unhappiness in them that you're always going to see and I always say like things pass like things bad things always pass good things are also fleeting so it's like you know, you may struggle for a little bit, but it's not always forever. You're going to figure it out. <laughs> so even when you're in that moment, things always pass. It's fleeting. It, it's But it's just a matter of how hard you're going to work for it that really will make the difference. And obviously you did because this is where you are right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it. I'm so glad. I mean, obviously it, it's, um, yeah, best decision I ever made. And, and it's, it's meant also, you know, spending a lot more time with my kids and, and with my family and, and being at home instead of in an office. I had had some, some work from home for a while. And then we, um, you know, we had expanded too much that it didn't make sense anymore. So then I was going into an office every day for, for years and years and years. And so, you know, as the kids were growing older, yeah, I mean, that, that definitely kept me away. So I love, um, you know, doing school drop-offs and, and pickups and, and being at home and, and, you know, because this is family travel, I was already traveling with the kids a lot, but the, this encourages it even more. And, and, you know, when, when we're getting campaign offers in, in a province in Canada wants to fly us up or whatever, and I offer that to three kids and one jumps on it and says, yeah, I've always wanted to go there. You know, then that's my opportunity to spend a few more days just with that child one-on-one. And so, so yeah, for a whole bunch of reasons, it, it, it's been great, you know, beyond just, just financial and, and, um, you know, my mindset that, that I've always, I've always been relatively stress-free, but I think my wife saw that there was definitely stress and unhappiness below the surface. So it is good. Everything's yeah, and good. And it's great that you found that. It's like you found your calling and a lot of people don't 
ever get to that point because most of us have a lot of barriers and fears and you just stop yourself from doing something because of the what ifs too. You know, what if I fail? What if this doesn't work out? And, you know, sometimes you just have to take a chance on yourself. You know, there's no one else that's going to do that better than you. And I love that you went into that journey. So let's go back to once you left and you wanted to create income from this, did you even know that this was something that you wanted to do as a business to make this profitable? How did you get to the point that, you know, it was just a fun thing to actually creating income from this and making enough income to support yourself and and your family as well? The first year, I had only heard of travel blogs like right around the time that I quit my job. Like, like I barely knew that they existed. I didn't have any feel for the finance behind them or anything else. I had just started posting on the internet simply to inspire people to travel even before I thought that there was any monetization to it at all. And then I was like, okay, this is really cool. If I am going to kind of be a writer, what kind of writer do I want to be? And And I thought I wanted to write you know, freelance for the cool magazines. I wanted to see my name in print in Cunning Ass Traveler, Travel and Leisure, Afar, all of these magazines that I subscribed to and, and got so inspired by. And blogging was kind of secondary. Blogging was like, okay, whatever, I'll just kind of type things and then put up some pictures. And then I was always good at photography. So that was a good chance to, to showcase, I think, the visual more than my writing. But um there was a conference, it's called TBEX, Travel Blogger Exchange, and, and they will start up again. They used to be around the world a couple times a year. And I went to one in Spain um, and went to these sessions. And it was amazing. It was all these people kind of like me, but far more advanced on their, their journeys who were doing writing for magazines and or had websites that were generating a ton of income through ads or through affiliate links and all this stuff that I had never heard about or, or realized before anything else. So I went to some sessions uh, there in Costa Brava, Spain, and there were some excellent ones. And I think they totally steered me on the direction that I followed because I realized that the different paths to making money were the website-based things where you are getting money from ads and you're just, you're simply writing to generate as many views as possible because then Google or whomever pays you money for, for those views. Um, and the other way was to get paid for campaigns where you're literally paid to travel or promote brands or whatever. And there are people that do both, but I thought, wow, that second one sounds so much more fun. Like, I don't want to just be in, my, in front of my computer thinking about, okay, what keywords is somebody going to be searching Google for? And, <laughs> and how can I optimize an article for that? Like that was zero interest for me. Like I only wanted to write to inspire people, not, not to write for, for Google views. And so I started my path, I think, not doing any of that, which I was happy about, simply traveling and generating content and, and putting up blog post after blog post. Um, meanwhile, I was meeting and kind of trying to network with some of the major magazines and, and trying to get those, those print assignments, which my writing wasn't good enough to get those. So I don't know that I deserved any of those and I never got those. I, I, I've been contracted a couple of times by, by different magazines and I have done some stuff in print. And their editors definitely make me sound better than I actually wrote in the first place. But yeah, I mean, that's the, the kind of the long way of saying that, that early on, I figured out how I wanted to go about it. 
And then I just, everything was about authority. Like if somebody was going to contact me, they would only do it based on me having generated a following based on knowing what I was talking about. So I just figured, okay, the more that I travel, the more that I can put this down in writing, the more that I can post to social media or whatever and build that authentic following that really cares, then the campaigns will come and they did. And, and so it, it definitely, you know, is slow going out. I, I, the other thing that I got from Spain from the sessions is just say no. Like, like they, this one guy, Gary Arndt, who's amazing. I think his was probably the first session I went to. And he's like, say no. He's like, people are going to contact you and offer you like watches, um, you know, in exchange for posts and, and everything else. And he's like, if it's not going to pay, if it's not something that totally fits your brand, then, then decline it and, and, and keep saying no until the perfect opportunity shows up. And so I thought that's brilliant. Like, I don't need to say yes to something for $15 or because I'm getting a watch that I don't need or anything else. So I really kept all that stuff off my website and, and my social media for a long time until, like I said, a, a brand contacted me and said, we'll pay you like a lot of money to travel <laughs> somewhere with your kids. And I was like, okay, yes, that, that's the first time that I'm going to say yes. And that totally makes sense. And then when you've worked with one, then that's, you've kind of proven yourself. And then I got some ambassadorships out of, out of my website and out of the networking at conferences. And those ambassadorships are huge because you're basically on a short list of people that have already been vetted by some major brand, like by Travelocity or by Universal Orlando or by a far magazine. And so then people would see me on those lists and go, okay, well, we can totally, you know, we know he's going to do a good job because obviously Travelocity has already determined that he's one of their top people. And so it really started the, this whole ball rolling and it was through networking and it was through time and it was through saying no. Mm. That, that is a really good advice to have because I think when you're just starting out, it feels really good when somebody reaches out to you, like you're talking about watches. I remembered like a long time ago with Instagram, there was a lot of watch companies. I think there was like a big one. I forgot the name, right? And they always go after influencers and you'll see a bunch of them with, with these watches. And even if it didn't make sense with their brand, you made a little bit of money, even if it was a little of a bit of money, you didn't care because you felt really good about yourself. But it's true. Like it doesn't if it doesn't align with your audience and your brand, it really doesn't make sense for you to say yes unless it's um, it's good for you. And I would say even say yes to things that even if they don't pay, if they're really good match, that could be a really good way for you to build up your resume, especially if you're just starting out. But I love that you were able to build this up and really be authentic to your brand and who you are and just keep um, uh, doing your thing. And that's why we're you are where you are right now. So one of the things that you really talk about, and I think one one of the things that you're very good at is it's networking. You know, when you first won that contest with Condé Nast, you went to New York and you met the writers in Condé Nast and you got to learn about them. And then now you're in these events and you put yourself out there. That's why you're in the shortlist for a lot of these trips. So what would you say is one of the main things that you've learned through these networking for the companies that you want to work for that has allowed you to land these big jobs that, that you really enjoy to do? I think networking is cumulative. So the more events you go to, the, the more likely that you're going to be able to, to land a, a contract or, or a campaign. And one example is um, there's this Adventure Travel Trade Association, ATTA. 
And every year they have multiple events around the world, but um, their big premier one is the Adventure Travel World Summit. And every year it's in a different country, usually a different continent. And I started going, I went when it was in Alaska and I wasn't even accepted as media. I just bought a normal ticket and showed up and chatted with people during coffee breaks and went on hikes because the, the conference requires everyone who goes, whether you are a destination representative, whether you're media, uh, whether you're there with a brand, that you do at least a one-day day of adventure breakout before the conference. And most people also do like a four, five, six-day adventure even before that. So you have all of these opportunities to go and meet with people where you're literally only with six other people, eight other people, 10 other people, and you're having adventures. And that's the all-time easiest networking. And in Alaska, I signed on to, it was simply a mountain hike somewhere outside of, of uh, Anchorage and in a national park, I think. And I purposely signed up for it because I saw that there were gonna be representatives from some of the companies I wanted to talk to going along. And like I said, it might've been 10 of us total, but man, on that hike, I, I managed to, you know, start walking next to people and just making small talk or whatever. And one of them was with this tour company, Thompson Family Adventures that I had always loved. And, um, and so I totally, and I had, uh, even before the hike, like I knew that this guy was going to be on it. So I had looked up their website. I looked up, so I just started kind of throwing out the things that I thought they could have done better uh, with their social media and all this other stuff. And, and throughout that, I would love to be an ambassador and really use my social media to try to bring them business and travel with them and promote it. And maybe a month later, I got that ambassadorship and because of that hike, because I had done the research. And so those are the best opportunities. But going back to how I started, you know, everything is cumulative. So I've now been to, I think, five of those adventure travel world summits around the world from Alaska to Argentina, Tuscany, Sweden, there's one somewhere else that I'm not thinking of. And when you meet with somebody the first time in, in one of the, the speed networking sessions or whatever, you know, maybe it's a great conversation and it doesn't really go anywhere. And you're like, okay, well, you know, let's see if something happens. Um, but then the second year that you meet with them or the third year, all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're getting to be friends and they're like, oh my gosh, I remember our talk last year. I so wanted to get you here. What do we have to do to make this happen? And then you wind up on a hike with them or something else during one of these pre-trips and it happens and, and you're part of a campaign. And in Argentina, I had a very small group that was on a, doing sports all around central Patagonia uh, for a week. And we were hiking and we were kayaking and, and cycling. And it was this really cool, adventurous thing. I mean, it is the Adventure Travel Trade Association. And two of the people in my group were from Visit Greenland. And so sure enough, the next year, my son and I ended up in Greenland on a, on a partnership with them and totally promoting Greenland. And it was amazing, but it was so easy to land that because of the networking, because of, of the cumulative nature. And, and it's not just that one conference, but a lot of those same representatives from Greenland, from Manitoba, from Leavenworth, Washington, you name it. They're at so many of these different events around the world every year that you'll see the same people and you'll you'll start talking to them during those coffee breaks. And so, yeah, I think that's the main thing that I would recommend to somebody is simply, you know, this is what I'm doing in travel, but there are those opportunities. And, and going back to what you were saying before, you know, everyone just needs to, to be confident in themselves. And, and you can be because everyone is unique. And, and when people talk to me about trying to start a travel blog or, or a career similar to mine or whatever, I'm like, okay, well, what makes you unique? 
you know, what are you passionate about and how can you get that passion through? Because there are people out there like you, you just need to find them and you need to be authentic to yourself and, and make that happen. And so I think, yeah, if you're unique, you'll, you'll find those opportunities. Yeah, there's always going to be somebody out there who's for you. You know, you're not going to be for everybody, but there's going to be a lot of people who are for you. So that's that's so great. And I love that you put yourself out there. And I think a lot of people are afraid to do that, right? Because again, if you don't have the confidence in yourself, you're just a complete go-getter, Eric. And I think that's so incredible. Like you just want into this, like super headstrong. You knew what you wanted. You went out to get it. And I love that. And you put yourself out there. You did your research. You knew which companies you wanted to work for. And you weren't afraid to, you know, fail or even get a no. And I think that's, I, I've talked to a lot of people who want to do something similar and they're like, yeah, but I, I hate it when, when I get a no or when I get turned down for something, you know, I feel really bad about that. But unfortunately it happens all the time. And honestly, I think it's pretty fortunate because, um, it makes you have thicker skin. And also like after a while, it doesn't bother you anymore, you know, once that happens. <laughs> Well, and at the beginning, I was kind of making it up, like like it just doing what felt natural because I had majored in political science in college, which totally isn't relevant to anything, <laughs> and then went to graduate school for international business. But you could either do a finance emphasis or a marketing emphasis, and I stayed away from marketing. Like I didn't take a single marketing class that entire graduate school four semesters. Um, and so then, ironically, I ended up in travel in doing marketing. And, and I don't pretend that what I still do is necessarily writing or photography. I'm If a brand contacts me, you know, it's marketing for them. And it's like, okay, I'll, I'll get on the phone and like, okay, how do we best present you to people so that they want to go to or want to use your product or whatever? And so, yeah, it was kind of what felt natural at the beginning. Like, well, what if I showed myself with my child on your tour or whatever, or then going or using your product and, and oh, it could fit into our travels really organically if we did this and, and th or this partnership makes the most sense of, of anything. And yeah, just, just this whole progression where all of a sudden I became really good at, at travel marketing accidentally. <laughs> well, because you had interest in it. You know, it's something that you actually enjoyed to do. And it's so funny that you say that because, um, you know, you either chose finance or marketing in terms of, of what you went to school with. And it's so funny. When I first went to, to college, the first school, I actually left it. I was going for advertising and marketing and I absolutely hated it. And I left and I want to do something else. And it's so funny that that's what you're talking about, Eric. That's exactly where I am now. I'm doing advertising and marketing for my business and other brands. So I'm like, it's so weird how the universe just works. And it's like, okay, how did this go from that to that? And like, you had no interest in it. And now you absolutely love it because it has something to do with what you love. And I, you know, I'm telling you, Eric, I hate math, but I love math now because, <laughs> because I'm like, well, it goes along with my business and I have to do it. And it's so interesting how all of this stuff just comes to you. And even if you don't, if you don't think you're interested in it, how it becomes something that you actually enjoy when it's something that goes along with your dream. <laughs> I love, I love getting on the phone and just brainstorming campaigns with brands and, and, um, but yeah, like you were saying before, I, I'm never afraid to be told no. I, um, if I get an email 
and they're simply wanting one Instagram post or whatever, I'll always try to turn that into an ambassadorship. If it's a brand that I love, if, it, if it's something that I want to get paid monthly for promoting, and, and that has happened a few times. I've been told no a lot, or, or and I've lost campaigns or whatever if I, if I am requesting too much money or whatever, and that's beyond their budget or whatever. That's absolutely fine. But, um, but yeah, I love getting on the phone. I love... Uh, trying to convince brands to do more with me than they had anticipated when they reached out and, and showing my passion for the brand. And I'm not going to market anyone that I don't actually use or, or any destination that I didn't actually have fun with or, or want to go to or whatever. Because yeah, I think authenticity is everything. And, and I would rather say no to most things that come to me that really just don't fit in. And then I am told no when it comes to just pitching. Like I don't do a lot of pitching, but I was going to Paris a few months ago. Um, and it was mainly just to shoot content for a couple of different campaigns. And in, there was that, that perfect COVID lull in like September and October where I was like, okay, Europe's kind of open right now. And this is about as easy as it's going to be for a while. And so I ran over to Paris and, and photographed for a couple of different campaigns. And it occurred to me before the trip that a, a suitcase partnership would work perfectly because I could easily document it. Like, like, through Paris or, you know, in my, I booked a hotel room with a view of the Eiffel Tower. And I was trying to think, okay, if I'm going to have this, what product could I have like right there, super organically that I like anyways, or whatever. So I totally reached out to a suitcase company the week before and was like, okay, this is what I would charge. And this is what I would do for it. And, and this is how I would photograph it. And, and, you know, I was, they said no, because it totally didn't fit in with what they were planning right then from a marketing perspective. But I love suggesting things like that because you never know every once in a while you're going to hear yes yeah and and that's the thing you just you just don't know until you put yourself out there and just ask for what you want and you know you you may be surprised maybe your dream brand company whoever it is that you want to work for ends up saying yes you know and they may just surprise you like you'll surprise yourself but i love that i love all of these things that you've been doing and i feel like since the beginning, from the beginning, once you had that sliding doors moment, you just put yourself out there. You just went out running. You didn't even do any stretches. You were just like, let's do this. <laughs> Eric was just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this work because it's, it is when it's, when it's your dream, when it's something that is your baby and what you're really passionate about, it becomes a completely different thing than just something that you think you should do with your life. Um, and I always feel like once a person finds their true purpose, then their whole life and the way they look at things completely changes. And and I believe that definitely happened to you. And I, I see like the look on your face and a lot of the people that I've interviewed, it's the same thing. Like you found this thing that you absolutely love to do. And it's a bit of a struggle in the beginning, but it's worth all of that struggle, you know, all of the uncertainties to get to the point where you are right now and you feel like you found it you found your thing <laughs> exactly no it's worked out really well for me and what you just described it's actually people have requested that i write books or ebooks or whatever on like how to be a travel influencer and all this stuff and i'm like i can't do that like everyone's passions are different and and their their expertise and what they can do or whatever i'm like i can on my website i have like two posts i have one with 
general advice based on kind of travel blogging. And I have one with my exact chronological uh, breakdown of how I got to where I am, but I cannot sell somebody a package on how to be a successful travel blogger because there's, I, even if I laid out everything and recommended everything that I did, that's not necessarily going to work for somebody else who's not me. It might be some, you know, and, and so I think that frustrates people that are like, I just, I want to spend, I want to like, could I pay you a thousand dollars? you know, to, to, for five, one hour sessions or whatever, to tell me what to do. I'm like, no, like I, <laughs> I cannot do that. All I can do is encourage you to figure out what makes you unique and, 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 and everything that you just said. So it's really interesting. Yeah. I love that. Eric's like, no, <laughs> like you got to figure that out yourself. This is, this is a, tr- a struggle, you know, it's, it's, but it is good to see that it can be done. And I think that's what people should look at this, look at you, look at someone like you, Eric, and say to yourself, you know, it's going to be a different journey for me. Our interests are not, you know, exactly the same, but it can be done. If you're really, you, you're very tenacious, you know what you want, even if you don't, <laughs> because, you know, most of us don't know what the heck we're doing. Um, and then it just kind of reveals itself, you know, like as long as you're taking action and you're doing it consistently, things will reveal itself and it kind of guides you where you need to be. Absolutely. And and every and going back to networking and every person that you meet randomly, every conversation that you have might totally steer you just a little bit more or introduce you to that that friend of theirs who, you know, is, is the perfect contact and, and the perfect mentor or whatever. So so yeah, I mean honestly the more people that you can talk to or meet in person or as, as COVID hopefully is going down again, yeah, the better. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for sharing all of this journey with us. I just have one last question for you. Now, let's look into maybe 20 to 30 years from now and you're looking back in your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? What I love now and I'll love in 20 or 30 years is when people tell me that they had great trips or showed their kids different places because they were inspired by something that I posted. I love getting those messages. Um, every once in a while, I'll go out on Instagram stories and just say, hey, you know, uh, please DM me if you've booked any destination or hotel or whatever, because I recommended it. And I, I'll get dozens and dozens of responses and people that I had no idea that they had gone and stayed in this hotel in Singapore or chose the Faroe Islands or whatever because of my posts. And it's so good to hear because these aren't most of them are not paid marketing campaigns or anything else, but it's places that I've discovered are amazing, especially for family travel. And, and if I've opened people's eyes to that or maybe gotten them past taking their kids to Disneyland every single year um, and, and, you know, that, that they were willing to, to take a chance on, on a trip to Europe or whatever instead of Disneyland this year because I made it look easy or because like some photo inspired them in a particular way, like that's what I love. And so honestly, when my kids are off to college, I'll keep my website up. I'll probably post periodically to social media, but really like it's exhausting documenting travels as much as I am right now to inspire people. And I want to go full circle and, and even before Cuba and go back to actually walking around cities without my phone and without a camera and just getting back to what I loved about traveling 
and, and not necessarily documenting it as much, you know, maybe still trying to inspire here and there, but that's, that's what I'm looking forward to in probably six or seven years. And so if, if I can then in small ways, still be inspiring 20 or 30 years, great. And if it's just that it's this period of my life, when I made a difference for a whole bunch of people, and it's why I don't even have ads on my website still, like, like I want people to go to my website and just go from post to post and go, wow, this would be perfect for my 13 year old, or this tour was amazing. You know, we're going to sign up or, or whatever. Like, I don't want them to get distracted by ads or anything else. I really just want to inspire that family travel because it's so cool what kids can become if they have more influences and if they're exposed to more, uh, more than Disneyland. And, and, and if they're tasting foods in Costa Rica or, you know, Vietnam or whatever that they wouldn't have otherwise had, maybe that that starts a passion. Maybe it's a cooking career. Maybe my son is an incredible artist and it all comes from this one drawing workshop we did in London like seven or eight years ago with, with this artist who drew for the New Yorker. And he happened to be our tour guide through the British Museum and taught my kids how to sketch. And my son ran with it. And he's incredible now because of this one random, you know, tour that we happened to sign up for that was with like the right person at the right time. And so if I can get other people to, to realize that can happen by showing your kids the world, that's all I want. That is amazing. And yeah, I mean, the whole world could be your your kids' Disney world, you know, Disneyland, whatever it is that you want to do. And I love, I you know, you mentioned Faroe Islands. I've oh, Like, that's in my bucket list, by the way. I would love to go there one day, hopefully when things start settle down again. But yeah, that is amazing. I mean, you definitely have this passion and you're sharing it with everybody. And that's, you know, that's a really great legacy and not just with you know, your website, but also your children, what you're teaching them, like you had mentioned and what, again, what is possible for other parents to share with their children as well. And I think that's, that's really great. And also that's, you know, you're right. It's a great way for you to figure out what you want to do, what you're passionate about is when you're meeting all these people, you're learning new skills and it doesn't necessarily have to be in school because look at us, we didn't go to school for this and (laughs) completely different from, from how we ended up. So I really, really appreciate all of this, Eric. We really appreciate you sharing your journey with us. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? I am at Travel Babo, B-A-B-B-O, everywhere. Website is travelbabo.com and on social media, um, everything except for TikTok because I don't really care about TikTok because I'm too old for that. <laughs> um, but otherwise, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. So I'll just Travel Babo. Love it. Thanks, Eric. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Eric. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where he shares how to start traveling with children on a budget. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. 
If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location independent story will unfold. <laughs>